Hello and welcome to Together Apart for Holy Week. This is the first in a series of reflections that have been offered by the Shropshire and Marches Methodist Circuit. As we journey through this most solemn time of the year. From the joy of Palm Sunday yesterday through to the joy of Easter Sunday next week. Each of these reflections will take the same um, format. There'll be a short introduction, then the Gospel reading as set out for today will be read. There'll be a reflection on that, followed by a piece of music to enable you to reflect further, particularly on some of the questions that are going to be asked at the end of each reflection. Following the piece of music, there will be a prayer, then a blessing. I'd like to thank everyone who has offered to be part of these. Today, I'd particularly like to thank the Reverend Shalom McNeil Cooper for providing today's reflection on the Gospel reading from John. And also Pastor Jacob Molyneux for providing the piece of music, Nearer My God to Thee. So we gather ourselves on this Monday of the most solemn week of the church's year and are ready to reflect upon the journey that our Lord took, the journey that would eventually lead to the cross. So let us pray. The one who created us comes willingly to suffer for us. Let us spread our resolves before him like branches of a palm. The Almighty comes to us as one gentle and lowly of heart. Let us put on clothes of humility and praise. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Let us watch and wait with him. Amen. This is the Gospel according to John, chapter 6, verse 1 to 11. Six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honour. Martha served whilst Lazarus was amongst those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a half a litre of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of Jesus' disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It's worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, 
he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Meanwhile, a large crowd found out that Jesus was there and they came to see him, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. For on account of Lazarus, many of the Jews were going over to believe in Jesus. This story is absolutely scandalous. We've lost the scandal in this story. Why was this story scandalous? Might it be scandalous because Judas Iscariot, we discover in this gospel, has been taking money out of the common purse? Yes, that's scandalous. Is it scandalous because all of a sudden we find out that actually people are not just after Jesus, they're now seeking to kill Lazarus as well? Is it scandalous because Jesus is dining in this house together with Mary, Martha and Lazarus in Bethany. The town which name means house of affliction or house of figs in the ancient Hebrew. It's scandalous for many reasons. In Jesus' time, when people didn't wear shoes but they wore sandals... When you visited someone's house, the host would come and greet you and they would wash your feet with water as a sign of hospitality and as a sign of refreshment. And so it was not uncommon to wash one another's feet. And of course, later, as we hear in the week, Jesus will wash the feet of the disciples as well. You see, in those days... When things were dusty and sandy and fresh water was and still is scarce. Women whose hair was long covered their hair because it was too difficult to wash their hair frequently to rid their hair of debris and sand from the wind so they would tie their hair up We see this today, actually, in a lot of modern Orthodox Jews who still cover their hair, with Muslims who cover their hair, as an homage to their time and their spiritual ancestry of being in the desert. So here's this intimate meal happening. Jesus and his friends and his disciples are there. And suddenly, Mary washes Jesus' feet with her hair. Women would not have shown their hair to anyone except for close family members. If guests came over, their hair would be tied up. If they went in public, their hair would be tied up. But Mary chooses to be vulnerable 
and she literally lets her hair down in a group full of people who are not her family, even though there are some family members there. This would have been a scandal. It shows the vulnerability of Mary and it shows the intimacy in which she sees Jesus and those people around her. She sees these people as her close and intimate family. She then takes expensive perfume, nard, a beautifully fragrant aroma, often filled with myrrh and aloes and other spices that were usually used after someone died and their body was washed and then their body would be anointed with this perfume. Instead of using it for Jesus' burial, she does it whilst he's still alive to show her respect and adoration for her saviour. This radical act often gets overlooked when we're reading these Gospels. Sometimes it's a bit difficult to hear. I remember many years ago when I worked for the Iona community, and I myself had very long hair, we toyed with the idea of perhaps enacting this and I would wash my colleague's feet and anoint his feet with my hair to reenact this. And even by Iona community standards, it was a bit too scandalous even now. This act of Mary anointing Jesus shows her trust in him and it shows how much she cared for him. There's other really interesting things going on in this gospel. Normally, Jesus, the one who speaks of two things quite frequently, the use of money and economic witness and forgiveness, but in this instance, when Judas says, we could have sold this perfume and given the money to the poor, hmm, Jesus' response is not what we would expect. He says, you will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. What could that mean? The other interesting thing here is that we recognize that although Lazarus has been raised from the dead, he too is now being sought after. What did Lazarus do? He didn't do anything. He was resurrected from the dead and now there are those around who seek to persecute Lazarus the same way they seek to persecute Jesus. It says they plotted to kill Lazarus too. What could all this mean? I'm reminded again of my time working for the Iona community in the morning office. Every day we said, we do not offer to God offerings that cost us nothing. Mary offered to God in the incarnate Jesus an offering that cost her something. It potentially cost her her reputation, we don't know. It cost her a lot of money in the perfume, but it also cost her knowing 
that she was burying Jesus whilst he was still alive. As we go into Holy Week, as we go deep within ourselves in these strange times, perhaps in times when we're not allowed to be gathered with our families for a feast, maybe we can ask ourselves the question, what offerings do we give to God that cost us something? Why would the religious leaders at the time choose to seek to kill Lazarus? And the big, big question, what do we think it means when Jesus says, you will always have the poor among you? What could that mean? May God give us the wisdom and the ability to understand this gospel, that it may be fulfilled in our hearing and in our reflection. And may we go into this holiest of weeks in blessed assurance. Amen.
So let us pray. Lord Jesus, we will never know just what you felt in that week leading up to the cross. But what we do know is that you were human just as we are, experiencing the same emotions that we feel, wrestling with the same pressures and temptations. We have little doubt how we would have acted had we been in your shoes. facing the awful prospect of suffering and death. Our love of life so great, our fear of death so strong. Yet though you were tempted like us, and though you longed for the cup of suffering to be taken from you, you stayed true to your calling, faithful to the last. So when we face trials in turn, Lord, deliver us from evil. We marvel at the constancy of your love, at the fact, though, from the very beginning of your ministry, you knew what it would cost you. Still, you continued on your chosen path, refusing to be deflected from your purpose. You could have used your powers for your own ends, succumbed to the attraction of popular acclaim and worldly glory. And had it been us in your place, we would have probably done precisely that. Our yearning for acceptance so great, our fear of rejection so strong. Yet though you were tempted like us, and though you longed to see your kingdom established here on earth, you stayed true to your calling, faithful to the last. When we face trials in turn, Lord, deliver us from evil. We rejoice that you refuse to compromise your mission in any way. Your thoughts all for others rather than yourself. While we would have toned down our message, avoided controversy, taken the course of least resistance... You refused even to countenance such an option, knowing that to do so would have been to deprive people of your love and to dilute the good news you had come to bring. You healed the sick even on the Sabbath. You proclaimed forgiveness of sins. You dine with those deemed the dregs of society, condemning hypocrisy and corruption and overturning the tables of the money changers in the temple. We know we would have taken an easier path, avoiding confrontation where possible. Our instinct for self-preservation so great, our fear of suffering so strong. Yet though you were tempted like us, and though you longed for the cup of suffering to be taken from you, You stayed true to your calling, faithful to the last. When we face trials in turn, Lord, deliver us from evil. Lord Jesus, we rejoice today at the wonder of your love. And we pray for strength to walk in your footsteps. Firm in our faith and true to our calling. 
Hear our prayer. For your name's sake. Amen. So, we look forward to welcoming you tomorrow, Tuesday, to another of our Holy Week Reflections. And so may the blessing of God, God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit be upon each one of us, upon those that we love and upon those that God wants us to love this day and always. Amen. Amen.